0: What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie, presented by Student Union Sports. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry. We've got a loaded show. Let's get into it. <laughs> guys, I uh, I have to be honest. We are hitting a point where there's not too much to talk about i mean we're, we're getting interviews scheduling those putting stuff together for content but there's not we've hit almost every rock uncovered every stone that we could uh in the sports world and now we just need sports to come back like plain and simple that that's what it's come to at this point um but i will say one thing that has given us something was the the patriots signing cam newton and that's where we're going to start uh, the show today so I had a lot of people reach out to me and say okay you you did your power rankings and then the Patriots signed Cam Newton does this change your opinion at all right and there and there are a lot of things that you can look at um, and and determine a quarterback's value I was I think I mentioned it last week I was listening to a podcast with with Bill Pullian he was talking about this thing um, and that you can you can have an ugly stat line you can have a bad couple of games poor mechanics whatever the case may be but the truest sign of a really good quarterback is their game-winning drives how many times can they come back and and put something together and put their team in the best position to win Um, Cam Newton has done that pretty regularly but let's look at let's look at the rest of these stats here so he's a winning record as a quarterback 68 55 and one but only three out of his eight seasons as a full starter or playing at least 13 games Has he actually had a winning record? Obviously, one of those was going 15-1, and going all the way to the Super Bowl where they lost to the Broncos in what would be Peyton Manning's last season as an NFL quarterback. Um, And and the numbers from that standpoint, um, in addition to wins and losses, don't really jump out at you. He threw for 4,051 yards once in his career, uh, over 4,000 yards once and just barely. Um, He's only completed 60% of... 60% 60% or more of his passes uh, three out of the eight seasons yet again uh, and his mark for total completion percentage is 59.6 now i think the the one thing he has going for him is his best season by far not even close was uh two years ago which was his basically his last full season played um at the quarterback position and he completed i think is like 67 percent so if that's what we're getting from Cam Newton, a guy who can can make the right reads, make checkdowns, and complete the easy throws, we could be in for something nice. Um, but the number one reason why Cam Newton has been so effective is because of his ability to run with the football. I mean, plain and simple, he's third all time in rushing yards by a quarterback four thousand eight hundred six. He's only one hundred twenty two yards behind Randall Cunningham for second. But I think Michael Vick is well beyond uh, where where uh, out of reach for at least this season. You know he's gonna have to play a couple more. But the big thing that that people are concerned about, and especially with COVID and the inability to get the proper medical testing, is his injury history. So last season missed the whole year um, after week two because of a pedal list Frank sprain. Uh, we don't really know the details of that. There's a rotator cuff tear he had surgery on that was still giving him issues. They shut him down uh, two years ago because of that at the end of last season or out of the end of that season and that's the biggest thing right he's not gonna be able to rely on his legs too much anymore he's getting into his 30s just outside of his prime um how how trustworthy are his legs can he stay healthy uh can he stay on the field and his shoulder people were saying were, was giving him a lot of trouble throwing that's why he was eventually shut down um and those problems really haven't gone away, right? They're, they're still there, um, and we haven't had time to see, okay, can has he gotten over those injuries? Can he stay on the field? What do we have left in the legs? All that sort of thing. Those are massive questions. Uh, and I think because of that, the Patriots did a good job of framing their, um, their the contract. It's worth up to $7.5 but I think the base, it's, base salary is... which is not much for them at this point, you know, and they can easily work around that. If he, I mean, if he reaches those performance thresholds, fantastic, you know, that'd be great for him. Um, But yeah, the the injuries, the amount of injuries aren't a concern. It's the most recent ones, the Liz Frank sprain and the rotator cuff that are going to be hindering his play, uh, if at all, you know, we we don't even know at this point. Um, But I really think the, the biggest indicator for me is you look at what he did um, with with the team he's surrounded with. Uh, you know, he, he didn't throw over 4,000 yards, rushed the ball a lot, got, I think he had over 500 yards every year um, at that point in his career, which is great. And it's like, okay, fine, you made it to the Super Bowl. It's good, all that sort of thing. Okay, the legs are gone. What do you what can you do left with the arm? Um, and I think the team is eerily similar to what he had in Carolina. I mean, you look at uh, a security blanket receiver, for Tom Brady, he had, you know, Julian, for the Patriots, they had Julian Edelman this past season. Um, during Cam Newton's prime, that was Greg Olson. He was the guy, um, the go-to receiver for him. Didn't have a ton of receiver help outside of that. Very similar to what the Panthers are rocking. And they had really good, the Patriots had really good receiving running backs. The Panthers had the best receiving running back in Christian McCaffrey, right? So he's inheriting nearly identical teams as far as weapons go. Now, I think... The offensive line is going to be better. The defense is is, is better, too. Um, so he's got a better supporting cast around him. But ultimately, it's going to come down to can he play, um, which brings me to my bottom line in that it doesn't really make a difference. I mean, I may move them up one spot over the Rams at 16, but all in all, we don't know if Cam Newton is even the starter. He's not guaranteed that spot. Uh, and from what I've been reading, the Patriots really like Jarrett Stidham. They want to give him a chance to see if he can to, can prove it and be the starting quarterback. So it's going to be a battle. So going into it, why you know why would that make a, a massive difference if they're just bringing in a guy to fight for the job? You know, it's one thing if they sign it and it's like it's his, but they're not even confident in what he's able to do. So at this point, given the unknown variables surrounding Cam Newton, I think it was great that the Patriots got him, gave him some more depth, but doesn't really do a whole lot to change my entire opinion uh, on the, on this whole thing but it will be fun to see how that QB room works who wins the job uh, and if we see some switching around you know I think that's why I've got the Patriots going eight and eight I think they're they're at this point without Tom Brady probably trending towards an average team you know and they could surprise and they probably will but at this point that just feels like uh, it makes the most sense given given the information surrounding. Next thing is we've been talking a lot about the NBA restart. Uh, things are getting going in place. Guys are opting out. Uh, some have tested positive for the coronavirus, so they're, they're saying no thanks to that. Um, so I figured I'd go through and, and look and see what teams I like, who, who's who got the best opportunity, and that's going to change as guys opt out. Um, some things have been moving and shaking a little bit at this point, so it would be interesting to see how those things go. But for the play-in games, I think it'll be the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. Uh, and going along with what the NBA wants, I'll give the Pelicans the edge in this one. They've got more um, experience, more more depth. I mean, it's really Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant for the Grizzlies at this point. And those guys are great, but they're two-year, two-year guys. You know, J.J. Redick is a a guy who's been playing for a number of years, played for a lot of playoff teams and big moments. He's going to show up. Uh, I mean, Alonzo's taking big steps. Josh Hart has taken big steps. Zion's a baller. You know, he's going to show up there regardless. Um, right now, the Pelicans sit three and a half games behind the Grizzlies, but they do have the easiest schedule while the Grizzlies have the sixth toughest schedule. So it's it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think it will come down to these two, two teams, and I want to give the edge to the Pelicans just because I think they're built to win these sort of close games um, and and give them the edge, especially because of experience. Uh, and then the other playing game, the Magic over the Wizards. Nothing crazy there. Um, not a massive surprise. Uh, the the Wizards are five and a half games out behind the Magic, so they may not even get that four game threshold for the playing game. Um, but I like the combo: Markel Fultz, uh, Nikola Vucevic, and Aaron Gordon. I think that's a really solid rotation there in the Wizards. I mean, no John Wall. Uh, Bradley Beal can't do everything at this point, right? And so that's how it it looks. I think for the most part, I didn't change a lot. I think I moved the Celtics up to the two spot over the Raptors because the Raptors had a a pretty tough schedule. Um, And then I had the Rockets uh, fall down to seventh and the Mavericks move up to sixth because I think the Rockets are going to struggle. Shooting three-pointers is their game. And coming off of a three-month hiatus, it's going to be very tough to get going. Um, I was looking at at the their their numbers and they shot more games under thirty percent uh, from three than they did over forty percent in those first eight games, which is of the season, which is going to be the same length of time that they would be playing for um, these playing games to get seated. So I think they're going to struggle. They're going to miss a lot of shots, and I think they'll move them down one. But um, yeah, it'll, it'll be an entertaining first round for sure. So let's get into it. It's a straight straight uh, favorites in everything, east and west. Uh, Bucks over Magic, Celtics over Nets, Raptors over Sixers, and Heat over Pacers. Uh, the Nets really are going to have trouble putting together a team at this point. I mean, Kevin Durant is not playing. Kyrie Irving's not playing. Spencer Dinwiddie opted out or potentially is opting out. DeAndre Jordan is potentially opting out. Uh, those are your guys, and that's pretty much it for them. So it'll be interesting um, if who who they got starting. You know, it'll be Joe Harris uh, running the team, but that's gonna, they're going to struggle against the Celtics, I think, for sure. Um, And then in the West, Lakers over Pelicans, Clippers over Rockets, Nuggets over Mavericks. Oh, I lied. Thunder over the Jazz, 5-4, upset in seven games, uh, which is... So, yeah, so that'll be the first round there. Um, Second round, Bucks over the Heat, Celtics over the Raptors. In the West, Lakers over Thunder, Clippers over Nuggets. Uh, And then the conference finals, Celtics over Bucks, and Lakers over Clippers, and then the Lakers over the Celtics. So that's my... That's what I'm thinking at this point, uh, Lakers or Celtics. And I think that's going to be really good to boost um, ticket sales and, or not well, not ticket sales, but uh, TV viewing. Because, I mean, Lakers-Celtics, that's a timeless rivalry. I think that may be the oldest rivalry in the NBA. Um, and they're going to be combating college football, uh, NFL football, the Masters, um, you know, whatever things they've come together. I think there's one weekend where all those things all come together. Um, so they're going to be fighting for TV time. And I think you get a, a classic rivalry like this, that'll get people turned on the TVs. Um, the one thing I will say, and it will be interesting, and it could define the series, is that Gordon Hayward has said that regardless of when um, his his wife goes into labor, Robin with their fourth child, he's leaving. So the protocol is at this point, if they are leaving for um, a specific reason, the quarantine is only four days. And I'm sure, you know, Gordon Hayward will take all the precautions necessary to to prevent something from, from happening. But I mean, if that comes at the tail end of that, uh, Buck Celtic series, that could be a a difference maker. What I mean, props, props to him for putting, you know, family first, especially now at this point, it's, it's a very big deal, um, to, to be together and people begin to learn that, but that could change a series. You know, that's something to look out for a storyline that not a ton of people are talking about, but definitely will make a difference here in the, uh, when, when we get closer and when we get into the playoffs um but i mean as far as the bucks not going i'm not sold on Giannis. you know i think they they made it to the eastern conference finals last year uh, they got outplayed outplayed by Kawhi leonard pascal siakam i i'm just not ready to believe that and it may not even be yannis's fault but that that team that they've built is is a finals contender um i think chris middleton is a solid piece probably not an all-star i think he gets Lumped in together with Giannis because of what he's able to do, but there's there's a chance, you know, if if something doesn't go right here, if they don't at least make it to the finals this year, that there's there should be some talk about breaking it down just a little bit because if Giannis, you know, at a certain point he's going to start to get unhappy because they're not winning these games like they should, Um, and that could lead to, who knows, right? You know, I I heard the rumor that the Warriors are looking to go after Giannis. Um, Don't think that is likely but i also didn't think kevin durant going to going to the uh warriors was likely either but that seemed to work out so that's kind of the main thing for the bucks for the clippers i mean it's lebron's just going to be too much that's why i've got to win the whole thing he's going to be coming off of months of rest where normally he'd be prepping his body for the season or for the playoffs kind of coasting uh before they put something together but this year He's got that rest built in at this point, right? And so he's now able to um, go into the playoffs fully rested. And I think he's just going to take take the league by storm um, and and mow down all the competition. And not to mention, he's playing with the best sidekick he's ever had in Anthony Davis. You know, I don't think he's gotten a, a better guy than that. But as far as the Celtics going to the finals. I mean, you look at what Jason Tatum was doing before the all-star break, 30 points, eight rebounds, three assists per game. It really feels like, and even watching him play, it really feels like he hit another, another level, turned on a gear. Um, The game's starting to slow down for him and he's only 22, right? you know, a solid score, but you mix in Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, uh, the combination of Enos Cantor, Daniel Tice, Rob Williams, I mean, it's just, it's a loaded group, not to mention all their their guards that can shoot. You know, Carson Edwards, Semi Ojale is a great defender. It just seems like top to bottom, they're a very solid unit, and at any time one guy could just go off and make it difficult. Um, And then for the Clippers, I think they've got a great team going together, and what really sold it for me was, if this was the regular season, I would have given the edge to the Clippers. I think they would have made the finals because you're looking at the depth of a team, right? Because they're not worrying about injuries at this point, I mean, they they could come up, but they're not worried about injuries as much or fatigue. So at that point, even though we're going to be getting into the finals, the uh, conference finals and, and deeper into the playoffs, it's essentially going to be your best five against my best five, right? And I think the, the Clippers have the depth edge, but the, the Lakers have that true five on five edge. And that comes from you know, LeBron and, and Anthony Davis. And that, that really gives them an edge because the way I rank it, you know, if you're looking at top five or if we're ranking every team, which I think Colin Coward did a little bit ago, I'm putting LeBron one, AD two, Kawhi three, Paul George four, right? And those two are just going to be too much for the rest of that team to cover. So it's going to be a very, very fun series. I have it going seven games, uh, as far as I'm predicting. So I'm excited for that one. That's going to be fun. I mean, the whole thing is going to be fun. It's going to be great to have basketball again um, and and get to actually watch some sports instead of talking about uh, what could happen, you know, like I've been doing for the past few months. So that is the, the NBA restart. Um, I was going to talk about another thing. I posted a list here um, just a couple days ago about the 10 toughest feats in sports. I thought it was a nice little... Um, bonus piece that i could do for the podcast you know generate a little more content so i'm just going to go through for those of you who aren't on instagram talk about why i i went that direction but yeah that's that's what we got here and then we are starting at the end of this the first division in the eight part series um of the division by division nfl breakdown i have their total wins record we're going to talk about their schedule um how how it looks for them, you know, tough stretches whatever the case may be and then give my prediction for their record, which actually made when the schedules came out. So, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, uh, I'm going to get into all that stuff. Okay, we are back and I do want to say before we get into this list that I've decided to make a couple changes um after after reviewing some of my decisions. I've realized that Maybe some of them uh, I maybe have misrepresented, and it's hard to do because you're talking about ten feats, the ten toughest feats in all sports. Um, So there's obviously going to be some miscommunication or a little bit of confusion, um, or even some mistakes. You know, and I'll admit it. Um, So so we'll we'll shuffle things around here, but I'll explain. Um, where they were and why I moved them, but coming in at number ten is rushing for ten thousand yards. Only a handful of guys have ever done it. Um, I think part of what makes it difficult is you're not just doing it for one game, but it's the length of an entire season. You know, at this point, you you have to average over hundred yards per game to reach that milestone. Um, and there's a reason why you know so few people have done it at this point. Um, so that's number ten, um, and then at number nine, hat trick in soccer uh the same idea right it's i mean it's very difficult to do you think about how many soccer matches don't even score three goals total one team let alone one guy scoring all three goals um so even though it may happen more regularly it doesn't make it any less uh impressive i think at at least in my mind um then coming at number eight a little bit of tongue-in-cheek one uh playing in the nfl and not getting cte obviously a very uh a, a very interesting conversation to have you know talking about football um and unfortunately a lot of guys have been diagnosed with this um cte but it it is difficult you think about it i mean it's it's a joke but it's also very real at the same time because there's so much helmet collision um that that guys have a tendency to to get injured a little bit more often and as we know more stuff we'll be able to figure things out and and eventually get a better handle on it medically but that is number seven and then number six is oh no that was number eight number seven is a perfect game there have only been 23 perfect games in mlb history i originally had this one at 10 but i looked it up and i was doing a little more research only 23 total perfect games out of two hundred eighteen thousand four hundred mlb games played which is absolutely nuts right and i'll admit it it's, it's it was more it was tougher than i than i thought it should have been uh so that one gets bumped up the list a little bit here but we'll keep it moving number six The triple crown in horse racing so that's three races put together um you have to you know it's i mean obviously i don't understand the science behind horse racing a ton but those are the three biggest races and it happens very rarely um so obviously you have to give some props there uh because it's it's a tough thing to do i i I assume uh at this point so there are let's see i'm looking at it here okay only 13 horses have won all three races, and that's the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness Stakes, and the Belmont Stakes. Um, 52 horses have won two out of the three races, but only 13 have won all three. Um, so, yeah, I mean, don't know a ton about it. I just know it's very rare. Like, you know, I don't often often get that sort of thing. But anyways, we'll keep it moving. Next one up is the Triple Crown in the MLB. This one has happened more often, but I think it's still a tougher Task at this point um, because you're leading so triple crown and in, in baseball is leading a batting average, RBIs and home runs. That's very difficult to do, and it's not just three events; it's 162 events where you're having to deal with uh, injuries and and uh, hitting slumps and whatever the case might be, which just makes it even tougher. Um, number four, quadruple double. Only four quadruple doubles in NBA history. Uh, it, it, is may, it may only take place in one game, but is very difficult to do, right? You, you, I mean, I'm sure a lot of guys have gone out and said, hey, I'm trying for a quadruple-double and haven't gotten there. I know Larry Bird was like one steal away uh, but took himself out of the game. Uh, so he could have joined that list, but very difficult to do. Um, number three, a three-peat. Hasn't happened in two decades uh, since the Lakers took three straight uh, NBA titles. But especially now, I mean, you look at the last dance, what MJ was talking about, uh, balancing egos, especially with that much talent, it's hard to do, right? And the fact that he did it twice makes it all the more impressive. But you're balancing egos. You're, you know, People are getting tougher to, to beat. They're trying to build their team just to take you down. Um, it's a very difficult thing to do. I mean, you look at even the Bills in the 90s. They went to the Super Bowl four years in a row. They never won one, but the fact that they got there every year uh, almost gets overlooked. It was very, very impressive. Um, number two, the perfect season in the NFL. I'm, I mean, I assume it would be difficult in all other sports, but the NFL is the only time it's actually happened. The 72 Dolphins. The Patriots came close in 2008, but thanks to David Tyree and uh, Eli Manning and the New York Giants, that did not happen. But yeah it's a, it's a similar idea you're having to get out there every single game there's a reason it's only happened once right at this point to to go all the way to the super bowl two um, that's number two and finally number one makes a lot of sense scoring 100 points in the nba uh, will chamberlain did it kobe bryant uh the closest uh one to getting 100 points only scored 81 so you're he's still 19 points away uh just shows how absolutely incredible Uh, that accomplishment really was so that is my list with a little bit of a switch up but i thought it was important to you know come clean and and talk about it and and now we can we can move forward because of it Um, last thing here part one of the divisional power rankings episode i've gone through the schedules um, and i'm ranking it's going to be going from worst to best so first team here our first division here, is the AFC East. And I've talked about all these guys. You, you know kind of what's going down. I'll give a little recap. Uh, I mean, we could start with the Patriots. So where they're at at this point, lost Tom Brady, lost Rob Gronkowski, um, are going through what people are beginning to assume and what I am beginning to assume will be a slump. Um, their toughest stretch here, and it's, it's a doozy, from Sunday, September 20, all the way until really the 1st of November, They'll go Seahawks in Seattle, the Raiders at the Chiefs, Broncos get a bye week, and then come back to play the 49ers, and then on the road against the Bills. Um, that's going to be tough, you know. I think if they can go five, if they can bat 500 on that, that would be incredible. But looking at the rest of their schedule, um, the way it lays out, I've got them going eight and eight on the season, missing the playoffs um, for the first time since 2011 when Matt Castle had to fill in. Uh, it just seems like the way their schedule is built, and the uncertainty with Cam Newton, Jarrett Siddham, all those guys, um, I'm really beginning to to question what they're going to be. You know, and people are saying, "Oh, I hope they go three and thirteen or "I hope you know whatever the case may be." You really have to root for um, you really have to root for mediocrity, right? At this point, that's what you have to be going. If you're on if you want the Patriots to lose, you have to be saying, "I want them to be average." Because that's how teams—that's how teams get stuck—is they stay average for the rest of their uh, career, and and then um, they eventually don't get out of it, you know. And I don't think it's going to happen with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. But this is just me thinking optimistically, because if they go three and thirteen, Trevor Lawrence is going to fall through the laps, and it's going to be another twenty years of excellence. So you cannot be rooting for that uh, if you are a fan, or if you are rooting against the Patriots. Next team here is the Jets. They have. Uh, a tough schedule, too, and all in all, their team is just honestly pretty poorly put together. Um, their toughest stretch goes uh, at the, right at the beginning of the season. They go at Buffalo, uh, 49ers, at the Colts, Broncos, Cardinals, at Chargers, home against the Bills, at the Chiefs, and then home against the Patriots. Add all that in together, and it's just not not an ideal recipe for success at this point for them. Uh, so I've got the Jets this season going 3-13. and naturally obviously missing the playoffs uh next up is the Dolphins to a tongue of Iloa, uh new new quarterback in town I don't know if he'll play or not that'll be a big question I have to answer but their toughest stretch um goes October November they go Seahawks at the 49ers at the Broncos Chargers Rams and at the Cardinals um naturally there's going to be some growing pains there but schedule all in all not the worst um I think they've got a nice favorable schedule but Still that being said, I've got them going five and 11, also missing the playoffs. And then finally, the last team for uh, for this division, and what's going to wrap it up on the episode this week is the Buffalo Bills. I think they've they've made a lot of moves to get in the right place. I've talked about them at length. Um, I'm excited for what they can do. and honestly, there's no extremely difficult schedule that they have to deal with. Um, here's this one that I found here, Patriots Seahawks at the Cardinals. They get their bye week, then they come back and go Chargers at the 49ers, Steelers at the Broncos. Nothing crazy. I think everything aligns in their favor. I think they're gonna have a big year. I'm a big believer in Josh Allen and what he's capable of. Um, so I've actually got them going 11 and five uh, and winning their division. And I think yeah, they'll be they'll be the three seed in the playoffs. Um, the way I've got things set up. So there it is. That is this week's episode. Hopefully we'll have an interview. I think we're setting something up here in the next few days um to get some more content going and then it won't be long before we can talk about real sports i think was it the end of july that the uh the nba season starts up or at least training camp um and football's on the way so a lot of big things coming very exciting thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you next week